All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bad Lighting. I'm your host, Jimmy Hackett, joined by my two charming co-hosts, Joseph Stanford and Joseph Matz. No, this is episode number 53, pardon me, Joe, 53 of the Roses and Rhetoric podcast, our first episode since our one-year reunion. We're going to start things off right away with our movie review from Joe Matz. Joe, when you're ready, take it away. All right, so this week we've got movies, Fright Night and Green Room. Where you can watch them, Green Room is streaming on Showtime, which currently has a 30-day free trial, and both movies are available to rent on streaming services. What they're about. Fright Night is a remake of the 1985 original, where a teenager named Charlie discovers his new neighbor is a vampire and seeks help from Peter Vincent, a Vegas magician, originally a washed-up TV actor in the original with supposed vampiric expertise to help him. Green Room is about a struggling punk band that takes a gig at a neo-Nazi skinhead bar in rural Oregon, only to end up stranded and fighting for their lives after witnessing a murder. Why two movies this week? I wanted to review some horror movies in the lead up to Halloween, and these are two of my favorites from the last decade, linked by two of their lead actors, the late Anton Yelkin and Imogen Poots. Are they good? Well, I've already spoiled that I think they're both really good. They accomplished that in very different ways. <laughs> Friday night, Fright Night is a horror comedy, second only to The Cabin in the Woods in the 2010s, while Green Room is a tense and brutal film with only brief moments of dark humor. They won't both appeal to everyone, but if you enjoy horror thrillers, then at least one of them should be on your Halloween watch list. One aspect they do share is great casting. Yelkin was an underrated leading man before his death in a freak automobile accident, infusing his characters with an everyman quality and capable of carrying a film regardless of genre. While Poots was an ideal co-star with a similar ability to handle vastly different subject matter and roles, playing a charming popular girlfriend or a deadpan neo-Nazi with equal skill. Green Room surrounds them with a strong group of indie actors that'll have you wondering where you've seen them before including Mark Webber, best known as the lead singer in Scott Pilgrim, and Aaliyah Shakat, maybe in Arrested Development. Whereas Fright Night goes more high profile, Toni Collette, an Oscar nominee and queen of horror in her own right, between this, The Sixth Sense, and her stellar turn in Hereditary, plays Charlie's mom, while Colin Farrell is all villainous charisma as the vampire next door. It's one of the best performances of his career. The film also telegraphs its focus on humor with Christopher Mintz-Ploss or McLovin and Dave Franco in smaller roles. Both films also inject one of the UK's best into their narrative to take them to another level in their second halves. For Fright Night, it's the greatest Doctor Who of them all, David Tennant, as the Vegas illusionist Peter Vincent. While Green Room brings in none none other than Sir Patrick Stewart as the leader of the skinheads. They're both fantastic. Tonally and visually, the films are about as far apart as two movies in the same genre can be, but they're each effective in their own way. Fright Night's Craig Gillespie is an above-average director of commercial films, and he does good work here. It's not an overly scary movie, but the horror horror elements are still well done, with Gillespie working in a couple of solid chase scenes and keeping in enough violence to earn an R rating. He also demonstrates skill in utilizing the talented cast comedically, though most of the credit there goes to writer Marty Noxon. Noxon, a TV veteran who's written on everything from Glee to Mad Men, has plenty of experience writing quippy stories about fighting vampires, having written 24 episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
She makes a number of smart changes in her adaptation, moving the setting to Vegas, expanding the role of the mother, making the vampire expert a magician, and working in Charlie's struggling to balance his new relationship and improved standing in his high school social hierarchy with an old friendship. Beyond that, she just knows how to write sharp dialogue, especially gifting Farrell some deliciously vile lines. The whole movie is a blast. I find Green Room to be a great deal of fun too, but that won't be true for everyone. In his third outing, writer-director Jeremy Saulnier grafted a grimy, vicious film that's almost nonstop suspense. He establishes early on why the band, The Ain't Rights, would take a gig in such, a, such a questionable setting, showing them siphon gas and reveal that they don't have any social media presence. He also sketches out the personality of the band and its members. When shit hits the fan, though, is when he really shines. The violence in this film is unsparing. When bones break, Saulnier doesn't leave anything to the imagination. And it's equally unpredictable. Characters, good and bad, are dispatched without sentiment. There's no sadism here, though. This isn't an Eli Roth film. Green Room doesn't hide from the reality of what it depicts, but it doesn't revel in the brutality either. And Saulnier is no slouch in the plotting department either, creating situations where no side in the conflict sees things go to plan and their desperation only grows throughout the film. But that desperation is to the benefit of our entertainment. I'll always be sad that we didn't get to see Yelkin and Poots team up for one more horror film to create an unofficial trilogy but the two we got are among the best of the 21st century. Whether you're looking for horror on the lighter side or an unforgiving thriller, they've got you covered. Grades, uh, I give both an A minus. And other film, yeah, there's there's your A, Jimmy. (laughs) Other films to watch. For more, Imogen Poots trying to stay alive in horror films, 28 Weeks Later and Black Christmas. For another gritty Jeremy Saulnier thriller with a color in its name, Blue Ruin. All right, Joe, finally, you picked movies, at least one of which I have seen. I have actually (laughs) seen Green Room. I mean, I got to be honest with you, does it really paint neo-Nazis in a fair light? I mean, (laughs) to give them all a bad name. I mean, are they all brutal murderers, Joe? No. Um, And by the way, I I appreciate your your, uh, haircut for for reviewing that movie. That's right, um, I'm trying to fit in. <laughs> yes. So let's let's start with Green Room. I've actually I've seen Green Room. Um, I I would definitely I could definitely can remember some some dark comedic elements in it. Definitely sharp writing. Um, but what stands out to me in that movie, like you said, was its uh, depiction of violence. I mean, visceral is the word that comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a brutal scene where somebody essentially um, has his stomach cut open to basically not, not even to kill him, but to prove that he's already dead. I mean, yeah, it's, just uh, to double check. Yeah. Just a quick uh, slit of the, uh, of the body there. Um, but definitely a great movie and uh, a lot of, it almost feels weird to call it fun, but it's one of those movies that almost feels like a thrill ride in some sense. Yeah. because It's just so over the top. Joseph Stanford, have you seen green room? I have not seen either of those movies. <laughs> you you got to get on it, Joe. You got to see these ones. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I was telling Jim, he was asking me when we were getting set up for this, he's like, how much longer are you going to be in Europe with these shitty internet connections? Like, uh, <laughs> I'll be back Wednesday. <laughs> um, let's, so Green Room, I will also give a, a, a thumbs up to. Um, you know what I appreciate about Green Room? That there was actually very little music in it. 
And uh, I, if there's one thing that I hate in movies, it's listening to music in movies. Um, probably my least favorite part of the entirety of the Lord of the Rings trilogy is when uh, what is one of the hobbits is singing to the, you know, not king, yeah, the, the crazy whatever. king guy, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. just completely unbearable. And so I'll, I'll always be grateful to the directors of Green Room for not making us sit through too much uh, music in the film. Um, Fright Night, a remake. Have you seen the original Fright Night? I have, I have not seen the original, although from both reviews and one of my friends have said that it's pretty good. Solid movie. Colin Farrell as the villain to me seems... And let me, let's, let me back up and say this even better. Colin Farrell as a vampire to me seems like the perfect role for Colin Farrell. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. I mean, nothing even comes close. You know, he, he plays a, an officer in SWAT and you're like, Colin, I don't think about that. You're kind of thinking that doesn't quite sound right. He fits very, he, he feels very much at home playing the hitman in, in Bruges, which is another great movie of Colin yeah. Farrell's. But I have to imagine Colin Farrell playing a vampire is a match made in hell, so to speak. I mean, it, it has to be perfect for him. Uh, the charisma, the charm. Um, I very much look forward to seeing that. And I, it, a remake of a horror movie. In, in some ways feels kind of risky because horror movies, I think already it's hard to do well. And if you have a, a, a horror movie that is not as a classic, it's there's like almost extra pressure to not fuck it up because of how hard it is to make a good horror film to begin with. So credit where credit is due to the makers of to the remakers of Fright Night for seemingly doing a good job. I have not seen that remake, but I actually am looking for a horror movie to watch and I'm going to make this one the one that I do watch. All right. I'd love to hear it. Like you said, it is difficult with remakes, but I think one of the key things here is that they did make enough changes to where it felt like they'd really thought it through. Like they, they even mentioned the, that like the Vegas setting is kind of a perfect setting for a vampire in the movie. Right. Because it's kind of a transient population. If people disappear, you don't notice as much. It's really normal to just only like work nights and be out at night. If you live oh, in Vegas. Right. Yeah. So it's like the perfect spot for him. And like you said, Farrell really just because he's got that kind of like he's got like that darkness, but also that sexual charisma. Yes. Which is kind of that perfect combo for a vampire. Yes. Now I've Colin Colin Farrell exudes sexual charisma. That is absolutely true. <laughs> um, he's very good looking, very charming. Um, and it has an accent. I don't know what more a girl wants in a guy, honestly. But <laughs> exactly. Um, very good, Joe. I'm going to give you a challenge. So it's actually, it's, it's kind of fun, funny, funny, not fun, kind of funny that you gave us Green Room as a movie today because I'm actually introducing a bit to Joe's surprise, but a new segment for Rose's oh. Rhetoric where we will be looking at violence as a theme. And we're going to start that discussion by introducing a, a ongoing segment of the origins of totalitarianism by Hannah Arendt. And of course, the first chapter in that book, the first part of it is on anti-Semitism. So uh, very okay. fitting, very fitting that the, the neo-Nazis <laughs> um, for, for today. But here, Joe, here is a challenge for you. Okay. It doesn't have to be the next movie review. It doesn't have to be ever, but just as, a, as an idea, this is also for the audience as well. Try to think, and I, and I have my answers, by the way. Try to think of your favorite movie 
where violence is not used to resolve the plot. Your favorite movie where violence is not used to resolve the plot in the movie. And I'm going to give you two movies that I enjoy. I don't know if I'd say they're my favorite, but they're high on that list. My first is Castaway. Okay. And my second is Apollo 13. And yes, all in on Tom Hanks. Yes, I am a big Tom Hanks fan. Um, but in both of those movies, violence is not really used to resolve the plot. No. And of course, the enemy in, in, in these cases, the uh, antagonist, I guess, would be nature, vacuum of space or an unrelenting island or something. So, yeah. but, Wilson. Um, go ahead, Joe. Oh, Wilson was the enemy in uh, yeah. Castaway. Wilson, <laughs> Wilson was a... Uh, he was actually, people don't know this, Wilson untied the rope. He had enough of that relationship. He's like, I got to get out a little clingy. This guy's fucking insane. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he fucking made a run for it. He said, I'm, I'm going to take my chances. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to make it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wilson, yeah. Wilson's, Wilson running away was the, uh, was the real villain of that movie. So those are, those are my two. John, I'm not going to put you on the spot. If you have an answer now, that'd be great. If you don't, of course, you're, feel free to give it to us next time. But, but that's kind of a homework assignment. Movies where well, violence is not used to resolve the plot. Well, off the top of my head, I mean, I know we covered this in uh, our very first one, where it was just you and I, where we, <laughs> I droned on about my favorite movies. Um, Almost Famous and then Lady Bird. But those are both coming-of-age stories. So I feel right. like it's not surprising there's not violence there. Um. Other high ones on my list would be like uh, the social network would be up there for me. Although sure. I, the, 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 you know, the only violence there is when uh, Andrew Garfield destroys some computers. So Right. Or when the girlfriend lights the oh, yeah. on fire. <laughs> when the song just starts lighting shit on fire. Uh, yes. All right. Those are, those are good. I, I, I know that you're a big fan of the social network. Um, We'll, we'll come back to that one on another time. No, I, I actually, I met one other person who claims that, that that's like also the best movie ever made. I don't understand it, but we'll, 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 we'll dedicate. You know, that's what we could episode today to do, given the Facebook outage last week or whatever that was, talking about the social network. But, um, all right, good, good answers, Joe. Good answers. Um, Joseph Stanford? Uh, I'd say the, the only film that meets that criteria for me that comes to mind is uh, – film from the 2000s uh barbershop two back in business yes yes um, a classic it, you the can't really, yeah you can't really say the same about the first one but the second one really had those uh motifs yeah. of non-violence and i thought that he did a good job at resolving things you know when yeah. shit goes wrong at the barbershop <sighs> go ahead and summarize the plot for that one yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, everyone just got like their neighborhood barbershop and like right. obviously right. things just, are going to go vibes, wrong. Right? Just good vibes, right? Yeah, good vibes. Good vibes until they're not good. Until, <laughs> you know, someone comes in and starts beefing or whatever. Like you got, you got to resolve that. And you, you don't want to do it with violence. Oh, especially with all the scissors around. Really, the, every, yeah. Everyone's just happier with a good haircut, right? So that, that helps. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know that Joseph would, would remember that, but when he's, <laughs> when he's back in the States, he might remember the feeling. No. Um, very good, Joe. Well, another another two another two good reviews. Um, a happy coincidence. Always always happy when Nazism is a happy coincidence. And uh, on today's show, no, you know certainly is the case. Um, yes, go see Green Room. I highly recommend it. Patrick Stewart, which is hilarious, but of course does a great job in that yeah. role. Um, and then yes, 
Fright Night, the remake, which I look forward to seeing. I'm a big Colin Farrell fan. Um, and uh, I, I look forward to watching that one. So they're very good, Joe. Very good. Well, anything else for the movie reviews this week or will that do it? Uh, that'll do it. I, I haven't decided next week. I might try to watch all three Netflix Fear Street movies that they came out with this summer and condense those into just one review. We'll see if I, if I have the time to watch all three, though. Well, I, I saw the, the latest James Bond. And so after oh, you... Oh, how watched, was it? I, I almost went, but I didn't have quite enough time because that movie's hella long. It is. It is. When you, when you watch it, tell me. We'll talk about it on the podcast. Perfect. Yeah. So let me know when you, when you see that one and we'll talk. And, and Joe, the same goes for you. You should, you should have seen it. While, well, maybe if you go by, if you fly out of England or something, you should see it in England. That'd be kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I can go watch in Spanish tomorrow. Yeah. Go watch it. <laughs> yeah. Go. <laughs> um, very good. All right, Joe Matz. Thank you for another good, another movie review segment. Uh, entertaining as always. And finally two A's, which is always fun yeah. to see when the grades are coming up in the class. Um, we'll see you next week. All right, later, guys. Yeah, yeah see you, Joe. Always fun to have Joe Match join us for a live review. Always fun to talk with him. A good I friend of the it. show. I love it. Um, and of course, Joe Matz has his own stuff too. Follow you can find him online. He's on other podcasts and you know really does a good job with the movie reviews. So be sure to check him out wherever he is, Joe. Good to, good to have you back. Good to just be you and I. Episode number 53, our first episode since the, the one-year anniversary. And you're joining us today from where? I am joining from a small town in Andalusia, Spain, which is like the state or territory. And the town is called Mijas. And it's, uh, well, first of all, my voice is all messed up. I kind of caught a cold, so you got to cut me some slack there. You sound um, great. You always sound better with a cold. A good episode uh, in Friends, probably called the one with a cold. Phoebe gets a cold and sounds great. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I do remember that. Well, there are a couple different kinds of cold. Like, there's some where you just sound, like, gasped for air and not really, like, cool or anything. And then there's other ones where you just turn into, like, Barry White, which is, like, obviously the ideal cold that you want. But Yes. And uh, kind of in my my opinion, Joe, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I think... A little bit of a very white cold. You don't really even feel that bad. It's it's almost kind of, kind of a good thing. You know, yeah, you, you feel good. You feel you feel fine. You feel fine, and you sound better. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, smoking cigarettes, right? Like yeah. same thing. It gives you that nice smoker's voice. Yep, and of course, no, you know, no negative health side effects either. So yes, absolutely. Um, so joining us today from Spain, a small town in Spain, hairs pulled yeah. back, which yeah. I like. Very good look. Um, Thank you. You're in a hotel, I take it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, How are the digs? Rough night. Excuse hmm. me. How are the digs? Oh, the digs. Oh, the digs are nice. Um, honestly, this is like one of the cheapest hotels I've stayed at, and it's also like one of the nicest. Like it's just like kind of decorated out to the nines. It's got like a pool. It's got like a bar, like a restaurant, pool tables. It's got like everything. Um, but dude like last night i gotta say like it was rough like i have one of these like i haven't had a cough in a while and like it's one of those where you don't have any cough or anything until like the moment you lay down to go to sleep right you you turn off the lights and there's just something about being horizontal and like the post nasal drip that just (laughs) 
starts up and it just yeah. doesn't go away. It literally doesn't go away. So I fought with that pretty much all night last night. I didn't have any meds or anything. Sleep face down, I guess. It's the only way to counteract. <laughs> yeah, no, you had to like sit straight up. Like I tried, like I tried clocking myself in every position. It was just like right. nothing else. But at least I know it's not COVID because COVID has a dry cough and I already had COVID. So how is your nose? There's something going around. You have a, is it any nasal drip? Yeah, it all just goes back into the freaking lungs, you know, into the larynx or whatever, whatever makes you cough. There was a few rough nights in college where I had a sinus infection and you reach a point. You mean, you mean yeah. every night? Yeah, every night, really. We live, yeah, interesting humidity and mold in where we live. Yeah. It, there, there was always, there was always this, you know, kind of feeling where you, at some point when you're sick with a cold or something, your nose is just so sore from blowing it. It's tender. It's red. You just give up. I'm not blowing my, my nose anymore. I'm going to let it run. And I remember reaching that point uh, at night and I just decided I'm not going to blow my nose. I'm not going to do anything. I just would kind of lay out tissues by my head as I lay down. <laughs> And just let it fall on the tissue, and that was uh, that was pretty pretty uh, cool. Um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't much fun. Um, but we've all we've all had those nights. Um, so we wish you the best of luck. Hopefully, you feel well quickly. Well, yeah. That's, um, I actually implied a similar strategy last night, but being at a hotel, you have towels instead of tissues. Yes. I oh. High, high luxury with the terry cloth towels right next to your face. Just no, going through towels like toilet paper at a hotel. That's <laughs> what we all do. And uh, nothing wrong with that. It's <laughs> 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 what we all use it once, right on the floor. Dry your hands, right on the floor. They give you so many. They yeah. give you so many. Just go through them. Just, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like they think I'm a family of five or something. There's just yeah. towels everywhere. Well, you got one, you got one, you got two holes on your face that could use a towel, and some holes, other parts of your body that could use a towel. So it's always good to have options. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, <laughs> options, options galore. Um, I I'm also in a different place today. People who are astute viewers of the show will realize mm -hmm. or notice I'm not at my apartment. I am actually. To bring, a, to bring an old story from Roses and Rhetoric lore, full circle, I'm actually dog-sitting for the people who saved my life when I needed a cashier shirt for my apartment. Um, they reached out to me. I said, hey, not a problem. I'd be happy to do it. It's always fun, Joe, being in someone else's house, seeing how other people live. Always feels a bit like a mini vacation. Um, I'm doing that right now. They have two dogs I'm looking after. One is a little chihuahua and the other one is a pit bull. And uh, that dog is thick. It's like petting a primate. I mean, seriously, it is unreal. The musculature on that animal, but nice dogs nonetheless. Um, wow. What about the chihuahua? Chihuahua's all right. Chihuahua's all right. They're both, they're both not bad. They're both not bad. Low it's, it's, it's all right. always nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the pit bull better, but don't tell them that I said that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, good, good times here. Went out last night. Well, I got two. I have two stories for you, Joe. Which one do you want first? 
Uh, I want to hear about Jimmy going out. Yeah. To Jimmy going out last night. I went out last night. Went out to a gas station. I won't say the brand. Went out to a gas station last night. And pretty simple mission. I wanted to get. No, St. Clair. 76. No, it was, uh, it was, I, I don't want to give their name out because they're not paying us any money. I'm not going to give anybody free advertising. Yeah. Let's not give Exxon Mobil free advertising here. No, we're not going to give Exxon Mobil or Valero free advertising on this channel. Now (laughs) we, I went out last night to get some snacks. I was going to watch a movie last night and I was, I want some snacks. I went out to the gas station and I tried to get a slushy, not an icy, was a slushy. And they didn't have the dome top lids. Ooh. Didn't have the dome top lids. Anybody who knows anything about pouring a slushy knows that the volume that the slushy goes into the cup will not be the final volume that the, that the slushy ends up as. It will expand in the cup. It will take up more space. The beauty of the dome top lid is that you can put the lid on first. And you can gradually add more to the dome to fill it up completely. The problem with the flat lid is that it has no hole to insert the nozzle. You have to put the lid on and then see where you end up to know if you can put more in the container. I don't want to give anybody a bad name, Joe, but I don't think these convenience stores have my best interest at heart because I'm sitting there trying to get this slushy in this cup. And I tell you, when I tell you, it took me five tries of putting icy in, putting in too much, untaking the lid, pouring it out, putting the lid back on, getting residual icy all over the sides of the cup. Now it's sticky. Now I'm grabbing these recycled napkins that don't do a fucking thing. I'm wiping it up. It's not coming off. I pour some more. I pour it back into the fucking tray on the icy rack. It took me like five fucking tries. I was so embarrassed when I was checking out. I told the lady, I was like, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the truth. That was not my best slushy retrieval. It just wasn't. <laughs> it, was, it just wasn't my best effort. But I wasn't given the tools I needed to be successful. I wasn't given them. I wasn't given the right tools. Right. So... I say that as a warning, when you're pouring an icy beverage into a cup, an icy or a slushy, remember that you need extra space and do your damnedest. Look for those dome top lids. Just look for them. Um, right. Two questions. Uh, first, number one, did, did she show any compassion for your, your plate? Like, did yes. she put some dome lids on order? Did she anything? Well, I don't know if she put them on order, and I don't know that, that the, the cashier had that much power, but she did. She acknowledged. She acknowledged. Mm, she, she Yes. Yes. But through, through, through the form of laughing at me, which is fine. That's totally fine. I don't mind. But she, and, understood, okay. she understood, and I understood, that it wasn't entirely my fault. <laughs> That's fair. So my next question, number two. Um, when you're filling it, it's like a button you push, right? And it comes out. Well, no, 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 no. This one was the, uh, the, the, oh, uh, the skate mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. The lever, the lever. Okay. So when yeah. you push it up against the lever and it starts filling, why don't you just stop filling it before it reaches the top of the cup? I did. 
I did. But the problem is that the lid sits a little bit below the top lip. Um, so you put the lid on and then it pushes out of the top. And now the whole thing's a fucking mess. And now you take the lid off, something's stuck to the lid. So now you lose now, now you've lost that. So now you're back in this oh, well, how, much do I, how much do I add? Because I don't want to pay for volume that I'm not utilizing in the cup. Right. Well, sounds like uh, we should never go to Circle K again. I think that's the message. Ever, if, I, if one of our viewers goes to 7 Eleven ever again, they're no longer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, cool. Uh, that's a good uh, public service announcement. Yeah. What's, uh, well, what's story really, number two? It's really, it's, it's important in life to take the time to really understand, one, understand your options, but two, to recognize that things, again, back to David Deutsch, things that are built, inventions, machines, they're hard to vary. They were designed to serve a purpose. The dome top lid was designed to serve a purpose. And when you have a drink that you are selling that is, that is best retrieved by utilizing a dome top lid, you're doing a disservice to the beverage, Joe, to the beverage to not have that dome top lid on the shelf. Well, here's the thought. With, with prices rising and with inflation on the uprise, you see companies like AZ Iced Tea can no longer sell their uh, iced tea products for 99 cents anymore. They have to rebrand that with uh, dollar stores. They can no longer be dollar stores or 99 cent stores. Maybe they, it was a strategic decision to get rid of the dome lid to conserve slushy so that they could still stay positive on their margin. Not a bad idea. Not a, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Um, if they're going to do that, I would rather them take a bigger divot out of the bottom of the cup, like you see in wine bottles where that little yep. thing comes up there. And that way we still retain the utility of the dome lid. Um, I just hate to see good invention go to waste. I just see a good invention not be utilized for us you know, to its full intent. And uh, was, was sad to, to, to say that my, my, journey, my journey into Chevron yesterday did not go according <laughs> to that. so. Yeah, well, yeah, you really, really hate to see that happen. Such, such an establishment yeah yeah well so, well hopefully uh hopefully your second story is a little uh a little brighter here well it's not um <laughs> <laughs> no it was just going to be a commentary i uh i really love taking baths i really do love taking baths Joe. you know this about oh i i took a bath today i'm with you how was it oh it was great Amazing. It was wonderful. I, I take a bath whenever I can. Um, unless I'm really dirty, in which case I don't. But typically, I'll take a bath. And I, I like the water, Joe. I like the water piping hot. Piping hot, the water. You know, sometimes something can be so hot that it feels cold. You know that? I like my water so hot that it feels hot. That's how hot that's how hot I like my water. And uh, I was taking a bath the other day and I was really enjoying it. And I, I got, I had a little, I had a little sparkling water next to me, you know, opened it up, set it on the side there. I was just really enjoying myself and um, just letting loose. I was just letting loose. I was just having a fun time in the bathtub. Nothing wrong with that at all. 
And um, it was just, it was just a really good time. And I thought, you know, probably the worst part about bathing is drying off. Don't you agree with that? The worst part's drying off. Uh, yeah. Especially when like your hair is long like yours. Yeah. Hair is long. Yeah. It just, it it just makes it 10 times worse. It's already bad enough. I agree. Yeah. Um, especially if you have to get the bath mat out in front and all that. Yeah. It's, it's really, it it took me a long time to, to get in a pretty good habit. And I, this is kind of another PSA for today. And this really kind of the point of the story. It really does make a difference in terms of the in terms of the cleanliness in terms of the hygiene of your bathroom to dry off standing inside of the shower area don't step onto yeah. the floor and i would say don't even use your bath mat i don't i don't trust those things nobody washes those things enough nobody it's it, it, it's a towel that goes for your feet and you wash it once yeah. a year i mean there's no way that that is good for anybody so I've, I've, had bath, I've had bath mats that I've never washed. I've had never. bath mats in apartments. I just buy it when I move in. When my lease is up in two years, I just throw it away. Just throw it away. You have a better chance of washing the floor mats in your car than you do of washing <laughs> your bath mat. Oh, sure. Yeah. So just when you're, when you're drying off, I would say just stand in the bathtub or stand in the shower area and dry off there. And it, it took me probably 20 geez, 25 years or so to really realize that and really to make that connection. I've been doing it pretty consistently and uh, it makes a big difference. So I wanted to share that, but it makes a big difference. Um, okay. So, but what about like the bottom of your feet? Do you like wipe the bottom of your feet before you get out? Cause that's a good water transfer. No, 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 no. Uh, it, it, you do not want the towel touching the certain parts of your body. Some of those don't need to be mentioned. And some of those are your feet. <laughs> you're going you're, you're to get a lot of water on your bath mat. I'm saying you don't want that thing taking the full brunt of a wet body. A little bit of foot moisture here and there, that's okay. That's okay. But you don't want to just be drenched out of the rainstorm stepping on a bath mat. You want to avoid that, I think. Damn, Jim. Drinking, drinking slushies, taking baths. Sounds like you are on vacation. What can I say? When it, when it rains, I make, uh, I make lemonade. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Oh, well, now, what, what was this? Now, switching gears, what, was, uh, what were you saying about this book? What, what did you uh, flash up on yes. the screen a little earlier? So we're going we're gonna to introduce a new segment here on the show. Um, we're going to be, I, I mentioned this kind of wanting it to be a topic that we dive into in more detail on the show. We kind of touched on it during, um, during last year, kind of when we were talking about David Deutsch, but kind of just randomly almost throughout last year. But I wanted to take some time this next year, really looking at violence, looking at where it comes from, how we deal with it, what role it plays in society. And I thought the place we would start with that conversation is a is one of these very kind of famous seminal works on totalitarianism written by an author, Hannah Arden. And it's called The Origins of Totalitarianism. It's broken where is up she from? I don't know where she's from. <laughs> this is uh, this book was written, you know, a good good while ago. Pretty famous book. 
um, it's been on my list of books to read for some time now. And I thought, you know, we, this is a good, a good time to read it. Um, it's kind of a, a kind of a launching point for a discussion on violence. And so um, still piecing out exactly how I want to cover it. Um, we won't, we won't do the full in depth like we did with David Deutsch where every chapter gets an episode, but my, my, my thinking is that probably every week I'll, I'll have read, you know, a few chapters and we'll kind of use it as a, as a launching point for conversations on the episode. So, um, anybody who is looking forward to that will be, we'll kind of start this next week, but, um, I just bought the book today. Really looking forward to it. It's going to be, going to be, um, Interesting. I think it's going to be a good, good segment for the show. And I just looked it up. She's German, so she probably knows what she's talking about. Yes, 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 yes. Especially, right. especially in that first chapter you alluded to. Yes, I, I think she lived through her fair share of violence. So I think this will be this will be very uh, a very good um, launching point for this discussion. Um, so we we'll, we'll look forward to diving into this next week and seeing how it goes, seeing what what format it evolves into over time so okay great and then another book for the r&r book list another another book for the r&r book list aren't you glad you stuck around for a whole year to get on to our next book review no this will be this will be fun um joe we have a couple of guests too that we're looking forward to scheduling also yes we have another person yes. coming on the show to interview for the general manager position of our softball team. Yep, we've had a, we've uh, found another applicant. Um, our inbox has been overflowing with applications, but I think after further closer review, we've uh, determined someone that might stand a chance that might yeah. uh, might have a good shot at this. Yeah, well, some pretty stiff competition already, but uh, always always good to keep the uh, keep the. Um, application pull open for as long as we can. And then we also have, you alluded to it next week, a musical guest. And I actually meant to ask you this off air, but I may as well ask it to you on air. Uh, have we reached out to him again since our initial contact or? Uh, yeah, we actually, uh, we got some booked here. Cool. Um, October, October 23rd on Saturday. Saturday, October 23rd, we'll be recording that. All right. Is, uh, Luca, he actually has this new single that came out and then uh, he actually just sent me that he has a video to go along with it, so. Cool. Good stuff. Good song. I just got the text on the video. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, looks pretty awesome. So, so looking forward I, to I, it. I'm looking cool forward guy. to it. Um, very good, Joe. Well, anything else before we close out today's episode? Um, yeah, I just want to make like a plight for some universality in terms of like wall outlet plugs. Yes. Yes. I know in the U.S., like it's pretty standard like you, sometimes you'll have the two sometimes you'll have the three but europe is just like a shit show it's just like a free-for-all you never know what you're gonna get like even in the same country sometimes they mix it up and it's like i have so many of these stupid freaking adapters and stuff that have accumulated over time it's just it's excessive like can't we all just come to some agreement here i feel the exact same way about phone chargers Yes. micro usb apple the, the apple you know thingy it's uh insane hey come on let's all agree on how to charge our phones and uh, let's all go on from there and i couldn't agree more about the wall outlets i mean yeah let's seems... uh, 
let's get the globalists started on this. Like, let's put them to work for something good, you know? I couldn't agree more. I could, I would love nothing more than to wherever I am at, be able to get some juice on my phone and not be in the, you know, perils of the sub 50% on my battery life. So no, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Low power mode. Could not agree more. Another, another three, three PSAs in one episode. I mean, if we're not being candidates for the Nobel Peace Prize by now, I don't know what we're doing wrong. Um, very good, Joe. Well, oh, I, I've got something else. Okay, uh, good. We got to give a we got to give an official roses and rhetoric shout out. Uh, yes. Uh, to Instagram user Drive By Serenade, um, Drive By underscore Serenade. Uh, he left some very kind comments on our uh, posts, and he seems to be a fan of the show. So shout out to Drive By Serenade. Everyone, please go follow that profile. Follow them, follow them, enjoy them while you can. Um, nepotism, nepotism be damned. Enjoy um, while you can. Enjoy while you can say it like that. But, <laughs> Where is he going? No, 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 no. I have to say, uh, uh, in, in, enjoy them and enjoy them. And if you're in the Pennsylvania area, you should check out their shows. Uh, nepotism be damned. So, yeah, enjoy them while, enjoy them while you can. <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah, yeah very good very good all right very good well another fun episode next week new segment and then uh, very shortly getting some other people scheduled to come on the show as well big so, things coming we look forward and you'll be back in the u.s now next week you're off next weekend yeah. you're off yeah. so it'll just be me probably we'll grab joe matt's on that episode um perfect but the following week because of where you're going to be going should be a fun episode as well. Yes. Yes. Very. I good. will be in Arizona. <laughs> I will be in Arizona. I thought you're going to a festival. Oh, well that, yeah, no, that's a, oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. This next weekend I will be in a music festival, dirty yes. bird camp out in California. Yes. Very good. Very good. Well, we look forward to the report of that trip two weeks from now. And next week we look forward to catching everybody watching now next week. Um, until next time, I'm Jimmy Hackett signing off for Joseph Stanford saying ciao.